welcome to You, Me and ADHD episode 8. We're calling this one No Going Back Now. We'll go into details on why I decided to call it that in a little while. But for now, let's get started off with a rundown of the last two weeks I think it's good to keep everyone kind of updated on what's happened since the last podcast, which has not been a lot, but what it has been has been pretty positive. Obviously, after Christmas, I was feeling pretty burnt out. As I made it clear, pretty depressing podcast. This one, I think, is going to be a little bit more positive. Um, So, where to start? Uh, So... I find out that I'm about four weeks away from my tritation appointment to get medicated for my ADHD, which, again, I'm looking forward to. Um, I also, so I've been going to the gym still. I started boxing, as I mentioned, um, which has a really, uh, it has a really profound kind of impact on me because if I go to a normal gym and I go in and I'm just fucking trying to push weights or go on the treadmill first of all I cannot stand the treadmill I hate running and that's probably my biggest problem running is horrendous I'd rather miss a flight than have to run somewhere if I had to run to catch a plane I'd just let it go I don't care I think I've actually done that for a train as well I could have ran and caught it I'm not running I don't want to be that fat guy running up to a train and everyone watching so yeah I hate running, so if I go to a normal gym, I just, my head's not in it, I'm I'm sitting there, I'll start doing one thing, I plan what I'm going to do next, if somebody then jumps on that machine, I get completely lost, I can't figure out what I'm going to do next, I end up just wasting time, uh, and then leaving, in, in Hustle, the boxing gym I go to, I find that I'm actually a, uh, enjoying being yelled at told what to do makes more sense to me it just you know it's amazing for my memory as well because we have to remember the combinations so at the beginning of each one we kind of start bit by bit and then at the end we have to put it all together which doesn't always go perfect but you know it's all progress at the end of the day I'm losing a little bit of weight, I think, I've been told. I haven't really weighed myself because, I'll be honest, I'm too scared. I'm just going to end up standing on them and it'll fucking error or something like that. So, plus I don't want to send myself into a dark, dark place, if I'm honest with you. Um, also booked in my uh, official vasectomy. Um, I'm buzzing for that. sounds weird a lot of people think that because you're a man getting a vasectomy kind of it makes you less of a man but you know I don't mind I honestly cannot wait Uh, we've got two incredible children I do not want more they are enough (laughs) you know I won't regret it Uh, so yeah I'm buzzing to get that done I had a phone appointment it's always really awkward so we have this phone appointment and they basically run through everything tell you the risks check your mental health um i guess especially when you've got adhd they're like let's just hope this isn't a fucking hyperfixation 
but I was very thrilled to come home and tell my wife that after my appointment they said that once you have the vasectomy you have to go home and put your feet up for a couple of days not do any heavy lifting and as well as that not within the two days but afterwards you have to ejaculate at least 20 times so that will be done by the end of the first day um, my wife wasn't best pleased when she found that out because I just said you know I'll be sitting there with my feet up and she'll have to do it for me so we'll see how that goes it's a group effort I say group pair couple it's a two way street so that's where we've been the past couple of weeks work's been good um, we're going to go on to talking about work and we've touched on it before but I want to basically I'm going to read a letter which was what I got given when I got the sack and it will give me <laughs> the sack just talking about vasectomies yeah well it will give me uh, an opportunity I suppose to also argue it because at the time I just my mind went blank and I, I just accepted it but actually there's answers for all of it I'd like to give a, a special thanks to my wife I don't give her enough credit um, it's not easy living with me you know any family members I go to any anyone that I spend enough time with they all say hi difficult I can be and annoying um, and I just don't stop so I want to give a thank you to my wife because through this entire thing she has supported me and you know I have to remember that a lot of the time she's got her own issues that we're also working and dealing with and you know it's something I will support her how she supported me but we're at different stages in that kind of recovery I suppose Re you know not recovery she's not like a crackhead or something like that but in that stage in our life when we're both trying to repair and and you know we've got a lot of things we we're working on and we're there for each other but she has been non-stop helping me and support me with everything you know with the gym with this podcast anything I want to do she's behind me with it and it is the same with her I will always be there to support her whenever she needs it uh, and I just yeah she is the most beautiful soul that I've ever met and she's quite paranoid so <coughs> I'm not sure if you've ever heard of the seven year itch because I hadn't but she had and um, she's a believer in it and she, she gets a bit worried that you know we're at seven years am I going to up up, up sticks and leave for some reason now I can honestly tell you I'm in a point in my life where although I'm still a bit of a mess I'm more in my own head than I've ever been I'm in a better place than I've ever been 
I would say, and she is a massive part of that. And one of my symptoms of ADHD is that I'm really bad with emotion. I struggle with emotion. I don't show up very often. I don't say it very often. She's kind of brought me out of my shell, but you know, the one thing I will say is that I love her more than more than anything. Her and our children mean so much and that is what I'm doing all of this for. You know, the gym. Yes, I'm doing it for myself, but I also want to be the best person I can be for them because I want them to be happy and that makes me happy. You know, she's just incredible and I just wanted to say that. Thank you. Because I know she'll listen to this and, you know, sometimes you just... I don't say it enough to you. But enough of the soppy stuff. We'll uh, carry on. The first one I got asked was, How I deal with ADHD? A simple question, but not quite so simply answered. I don't deal with it well, hence why I'm trying to get medicated, hence why I've lost jobs, I've caused arguments, I've done all of these things. The more I learn, the more I'm trying to put things into place. People always say, do a list, do a list of things. I hate writing lists, lists, I'm not Schindler. I'm not Schindler, I don't do lists. What I will say is that if my wife wants me to do a set tasks, then she'll do me a list and I'll work off them. But writing my own lists, I'm just not very good. To me they don't mean anything. So the actual the actual concept of dealing with ADHD is a really kind of it's a vague but obvious question obvious in the sense of everyone wants to know how you know first of all people want to know why you know why I I think I've got ADHD or how I deal with what my daily life entails and it's just one of them things where you find yourself going around in circles and uh, keep repeating yourself and trying to do things better each time I guess failure is the biggest thing so every time I fail at something I'll keep trying it and I'll try it different ways ADHD I suppose lets me think outside of the box so each time I can try something different to try and get an, an outcome that I'm looking for and I suppose it's again like like work it's I've struggled to find something where I feel takes all the boxes. It's something which music plays a massive part in it for me. I listen to music, I go into myself and I just completely zone out. And, and I think everyone needs that time to just be in their own head to deal with whatever demons they're fighting. So music is one of the main things on how I deal with my ADHD. The other thing is to speak out. Because I spent so many years just not 
not talking about my feelings, my emotions, or what I wanted, or what I could do to make things better. So I think the more people understand you and how your mind works, the easier it is. In my in my job currently, I'm very open with my manager. He's fully aware of my ADHD that I'm getting a vasectomy. He's fully aware of everything. And to him it makes sense to why I do certain things. Why I ask questions that most people wouldn't. Why whenever I see another staff member upset, I immediately just say, what's wrong? You know, why are you crying? Why are you doing this? And then I have a discussion about it. It's just be open because, do you know what? If people cannot listen to what you've got to say about yourself they're not worth your time so there's no point in wasting any of it with them if I'm honest another question that I've got is if I could change one thing about the perception of ADHD what would it be I think like depression like most mental health conditions people often think they're not as they are for example I've seen a lot of people commenting saying that everyone's got ADHD now it's just a trend it's just this it's just that it's not real or everyone's like that bollocks we live in a society where people want people to speak out as I said be open it's massive now everyone wants people to speak up about how they feel what's going on etc so of course the more they do that the more you learn about them the more you learn about them the more you begin to understand that they are or they're not as you are and think how you do I would change the fact that people think it's a trend because I tell you now I have spent my entire life entire life being the one that people are dubious about inviting out people didn't want me to go to their house parties growing up because I was the one that got so out of it and AWOL and trash stuff and did all of this and insulted people offended people and you know all of these things i was the one that people would not invite out at times because they were worried that i was going to do something stupid and in school i messed about so much i was always at the back of the classroom i was always kept kind of segregated because of how i behaved it's not all of a sudden these things have happened to us and it's just out of the blue it's the fact that people like me who've kept quiet their whole life about stuff and their emotions and their mental health <coughs> you're not gonna fucking know so now I'm open about it not as open as I should be but far more open than I, I have been so I think that's what I would change because people just don't unless someone's affected by something they won't comment on it you know they it's like a charity you know you get all these people coming around your house because 
you know, for their own charities or all of a sudden they start sponsoring a charity which I I I never really get because it's only because it's affected you that you now do it. Same as this, I can't talk. I'm doing a podcast about ADHD purely because it's affected me. But I'm doing it in the sense of I want people to to recognise that sometimes you can spend your whole life thinking you're a failure when actually there can be reasons for certain behaviours and things you do and the way you act. So if this helps one person, I couldn't care. You know, if one person can listen to this and say, you know what, this guy kind of makes sense to me. I'm buzzing with that. I just think uh, we all need a little bit of understanding in our lives and someone to understand us. I also had one, it was a bit of a more, a bit of a broader question. I'm going to have to bring it up because it was, it was a little bit um, more in depth. So they actually wanted me to do a reply to it on TikTok, so I'm going to have a look at the question now and see what it was they said. <laughs> but it was quite, I remember, it was quite a, quite a serious one actually. I think it's clearly someone that... um. needed some sort of help so so they have said can you speak about emotional regulation panic attack symptoms in children with ADHD and thoughts about unaliving themselves thank you well I, I'll be honest with you I, I can only go off my own experiences so I'll start with that so the first part emotional regulation as I said I'm terrible with my emotions I would hold back my emotions so much no matter what I'd been through I could have just been told someone in my family had died and I would have just kind of shrugged it off in my head I was overwhelmed and couldn't function but on the surface I looked kind of calm and collected that's not good that's what I've had to learn to change I don't think as a child that's an easy thing to do I think you're going to have to just get by with that if I'm honest you can support them give them a hug when they need it talk to them encourage them to talk but don't force them to talk you know, put them in a position where they're comfortable. One thing I find is that if I was somewhere I was happy, I'm going to talk to people. And just because they don't talk to you doesn't mean they aren't talking to people. Encourage them to talk to anyone. Because they may feel, you know, one thing I find when I was a child, um, I would always speak to my friends I never spoke to my parents ever I didn't want to upset them 
so I think your emotion can be quite quite focused where all you want to do is be in, in yourself and just just think about everything yourself and process it all and on the outside that may look bizarre it may look like they're flailing or flapping but all you're trying to do is deal with something yourself and you just need to be taken away somewhere calm, quiet where you can collect your thoughts panic attack symptoms in children so although I although I'm I'm obviously no trained doctor nothing like that not trained at pretty much anything again when I was a child I was a fat child so pretty much everything I was having panic attacks when I was a child I never realised it but I even said to my teacher I can't can't get a full breath I always felt like I was struggling at times and particularly when I was overwhelmed and they always initially just said it was my weight um, which is always a good one it's always because you're fat you could literally have get hit by a car and they would say well if you were skinny you would have dodged it it's always when you're fat so Panic attack symptoms in children. It's just a way of a child. Again, just trying to... Just trying to escape the situation they're in. Just trying to get out of it. If you can think... A panic attack for a child is the same as it is for an adult. But scarier. Because as an adult you know what it is. You know what can calm you down. You know you need to leave the situation. When you're a child with an adult, the chances are they are not going to immediately take you out of that scenario so it builds up for longer. You have to think when you first see them starting to behave in a way that you would know is when, when they start to get triggered you should remove them from the situation to try and prevent it not to try and stop it but to prevent it from getting to that point I'll be honest the next part when it comes to a child unaliving themselves or a teenager again it's difficult for me to comment on and that's purely because I'm too much of a coward to ever even think about that I would never unalive myself and that's not me bragging I just don't have the the courage to I say I don't have the courage and, and everything else but I've also lived through quite a bit uh, when I was extremely young my uncle was murdered when I was in my teens my cousin hung himself I've had numerous family members attempt suicide what I initially thought was that people were selfish for trying it because all they ever did was pass on their problems to the people that to the people 
their children, their family. They never got rid of the problem, they passed it on. Like it like some sort of virus. After speaking with people about this, I've been told that and I come to realise that it's not selfish at all. The majority of people that have tried it or thought about it have said that something takes over. It's like they have no control over it. It's something which they just it they weren't even aware it was happening until it was at the point. So I guess the only thing you can do is try and stay positive. Positivity is everything. No matter how upset someone is, you've got to try and get them to open up and talk about stuff that makes them happy. Give people something to look forward to. Don't give them a reason to think that people would be better off without them because no one's better off without someone. Tell them you love them. Do all of these things. That's my advice. And never say someone's selfish for it because you just don't know what's what they're going through. So next, I'm going to read the letter from my job and then we'll delve into that one a little bit more. So the letter goes like this. Dear Daryl, and then in bold, termination of employment. I am writing the following. Our And it looks like they've put larger two spaces between these, so fuck them. Our informal discussions over the last month concerning your performance following no sign or change of improvement I have undertaken a review of your performance during your time working with us and write to confirm that the company has decided to terminate your employment so point one I hadn't been there a month I'd been there two weeks Maybe three. Three maximum. But yeah. We'll carry on. The reasons for your dismissal are based on a combination of factors that over the last few weeks have led me to conclude that you do not demonstrate the attitude or performance that we expect of our employees. Specifically, on Tuesday the 18th of January, you were not at work on time, and when we rang to find out you were you were still asleep. When you did arrive at work, you were an hour late. I'll stop there for a second to make one thing clear. I'd just gotten over COVID. I was unwell still. And I was honest with them. They rang me asked me where I was and I said I'm not going to lie I've just woken up I'm really sorry I'm leaving the house now and I left straight away and yes I was an hour late because I have to commute for at least half an hour you know it's not good that was stupid but I was getting over Covid I did feel shit and I was completely honest with them I could have lied 
but I was honest and told them I had just woken up. When you did arrive at work, you were an hour late. We have also noticed that you have consistently not followed the processes that the company expects when making diary bookings and when invoicing the jobs. There have been numerous conversations to try and rectify these mistakes with you, but they keep reoccurring, which have caused consequential issues and unnecessary problems for other members of staff. So I started this job, and um, there was three of us. A manager, a director, and a parts person on the desk. They would pass me all of the work and expect me to do it all within the first few days. Your CV stated that you ran your own diary, but we have not seen evidence that this is something you are able to do. Efficiently and confidently. Well, let's be clear. When you start a job and you're there for two weeks, there is learning, completely new systems, tons of new systems, new vehicles that I had to deal with, new staff, new custom. These are all things that you need to learn and you need time to do so. The customer would have left, oh no, here we go. Oh yeah, I also overheard some conversations that you have had with customers that have not been factually correct and if other members of staff hadn't have intervened, the customer would have left with incorrect information. An example of this is when you told a customer that his tires had been checked and they hadn't been because the technician was unaware the customer wanted this carried out. If anyone has ever worked in a garage, you know that when you do a service on a vehicle, you check their tires, you check check their tire pressures, you do a health check on them to see where they are. This is a standard that every technician should have been doing. When the person asked, would they have checked my tires? And I said, yeah, they would have checked your tires. They haven't put anything on there, which is normally meaning that everything was all right. They then intervened and said, oh no, he hadn't done a health check on the vehicle. So he wasn't following his job and it was me that got the brunt of it. I had to step in and ask Neil to check them before the customer left to ensure that they were actually safe. That should have been fucking done during his appointment anyway. We do not condone supplying customers with information that we do not know is accurate. Then do your fucking job. You're entitled to one week's notice, which you will not be required to work out. However, we have decided to increase it to two weeks, which we will pay you for. That was kind of them. Also, kind of stopped me from arguing because I thought, I don't really want to go without pay. For clarity... This means that your last day of employment is the 4th of the 2nd, 2022. Your final pay, including any entitlement to to accrue jet taken holiday, a payment in lieu of your notice pay, and B45 will be sent under a separate cover.
please ensure that you hand over any company property to me specifically your jumper and your staff handbook prior to leaving the premises yours sincerely shitty mcshit shit well that is a tough read as you can see most of that information I would say is ADHD related it made it really difficult the amount of stuff that I had to put up with in that place in the short space of time and all I ever was was honest I would ask for help you know I was in particular that one where they said about giving wrong information if your technician had done his fucking job properly why would we send someone out without checking their tires when they're in for a service standard practice but you know what as much as I hate the saying everything happens for a reason and I find a job where I'm accepted and they are supportive of everything they allow my wife to drop my children off sometimes when my wife needs help and they my our children sit there and they colour in and do other things you know I can't thank them enough I want to start drawing it to a close now but we're going to be a bit more positive again uh, bring it back up you know it's been a bit of a an odd one we've had some questions which I, I think I've answered to the best I can. I also think um I also think that the future looks good. And I know that um, you know, everyone goes through shit at times. But we gotta stay positive, we gotta stay you know, stick together in this and support each other. Reach out to me if you need anything whatsoever, if you wanna talk. As I've said, you can follow my socials, I'll give them at the end. But something which I'd like to touch base on is a saying. And it's not a live, laugh, love quote. It's just something which I've heard more than usual lately. And it's a saying that goes, I don't want to teach granny how to suck eggs. That is the weirdest fucking saying I've ever heard in my life. And people always say it, and I never understood what it meant. And I still don't. And no one really does. I even had to look it up. And it said no one really knows where it originates from. Apart from the fact that back in the day, when people didn't have dentists, their teeth used to get so sore and so rotten that they would put a pinprick hole in an eggshell and suck out the egg white, and that's how they got their protein. And it tend to be grandparents at that point, so you learn something new every day. Now we're going to go in to our wonderful Live, Laugh, Love quotes. We're going to get back to that. We're going to go Live, Laugh, Love. Live, Laugh, Love. Okay, bring on the live, laugh, love quotes. Here we go. Failure is the opportunity to begin again more intelligently. With love and patience, 
nothing is impossible. If you feel down yesterday, stand up today. Survival was my only hope, success my only revenge. We must have a theme, a goal, a purpose in our lives. If you don't know where you're aiming, you don't have a goal. There we go, an emotional one there. Anyways. If you listen to this podcast regularly, share it, like it, follow, subscribe, do whatever. If this is your first time, again, follow me for, you know, notifications to say when the new one's released or if there's going to be a surprise one. If you want to be on it, reach out, let me know. And if you've got any questions for the next one, get in touch. So I'm regularly up to date on my TikTok, which is ADHDAD2. So at ADHDAD2. Uh, also, Instagram, you can catch me on there. Again, similar name. Couldn't get the exact same one, but it's ADHDAD31. So you, me, and ADHD. And it's ADHDAD31. Or Daryl Dallas on Facebook. Whatever. Get in touch, share, like, whatever you want to do. I'm always open. And if you just want to get stuff off your chest, give me a shout. Until next fortnight. Goodbye.